This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as the basis for investment decisions. Podcast guests and their clients may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Three Wise Monkeys podcast, a weekly podcast that's all about the markets and investing. And man, what a crazy week it has been as earnings season continues to unfold, bringing plenty of big moves with it. I'm joined this week by Claude Walker from Ethical Equities. Hi, Claude. Good day. And Matt Joss, back from the land of the long white cloud. Good to have you back, Matt. Thank you, Andrew. Very happy to be here. Uh, How was your trip? It was excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah. Met with a few uh, companies, a few other investors, uh, mostly kind of tech-themed. So, yeah, it went really well. Um, and I'm going to write it up for mattjoss.com, so that'll be coming out this weekend if you want to subscribe there and get it when it when it when when it's fresh. Nice. Um, Hot yeah. off the press. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, looking forward to that, man. Yeah. So, um, we had a bit of speculation last week. We were talking about Altium, yeah. which for some reason Andrew and I both neglected to buy. Were we correct in thinking that you own that one? That is correct. I do own that one. And when did you buy that? Let's move on. Could you please talking. tell me when you bought that one? <laughs> it was a few years ago, a few hundred percent ago. Yeah, no, it was a good pop, wasn't it? Did you get a spiffy pop? Uh, probably close to a double spiffy pop. Ooh, yeah. well, and just we better define but, that for people playing. So a spiffy pop is when a company increases in value in one day by more than your original cost base. Oh, it's such a nice feeling, it's isn't it? Good. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, it. while we have you here, speaking of crazy, insane returns, um, uh, another tech-themed company that uh, begins with A and one that you also hold had its results out this week. Do you want to tell us what that company is and why the market went so crazy for it? Yeah, sure. So uh, the company is Appen. So uh, Appen provides uh, the data that goes into AI products. It's their main product now. They started as more language translation. Um, and that's a, a booming market. And they're actually the world leader in providing that data for all these AI giants like Google and Facebook to hone their services. Uh, so it's a company that um, I've owned for a while. Uh, originally bought but under $3 and uh, went up by about $4 on Monday. So another spiffy Ooh. pop, which is quite happy. Um, and yeah, so the, the results were really strong though. So revenue was up 119%, profit up 133%. Uh, and a core part of that, uh, the market's love of it, is that it's been upgrading guidance consistently and then mm. beating that guidance that it's given. So it started off in February last year of giving EBITDA guidance of 50 to 55 million. So that's just operating, operating profit, profit yep. before tax and a few other things. And then at some point upgraded to 54 to 59, then 62 to 65, and then finally came in at 71.3. So beat all of those estimates, including one that came out in December, I think. Wow. Uh, which the market loves, right? Like the market in a lot of ways is just an expectation. You don't even know how good you are. Which to be fair, <laughs> is kind of true, right? Because the found, right. one of the things that I thankfully actually own this one, but um, one of the things that kept me out of it for like ages, way too long, was that the founders were selling down shares. So this is like a counter example to that. Yeah, founders who aren't currently CEO, who'd basically a, a, a couple actually from Australia had started this company. And I, I don't I don't know if they ever had a vision for being such a multi-billion dollar company. But um, yeah, so they, they were selling down their position. It's, it's, it makes a right lot of place sense at me. the right time. I and mean, yeah. not to take anything away, but I mean, again, it always gets billed as this AI company. It's like, mm. well, they're not actually doing any AI themselves. They're providing the data Very sets to feed into the big tech companies that are doing AI. And one of the, one of the um, I guess, bear cases that I often hear come up is like, well, why, why are these massive Silicon Valley giants relying on this relatively tiny Australian 
publishing company to come up with their data sets. I mean, you know, anyone who's using, you know, Facebook is eavesdropping on us all the time, allegedly, you know, so is Google. Why do they need to even bother doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So I guess the first part is just to uh, completely agree they're not an AI company. I think that at points people can get too excited about the business because they think that it is an AI business itself. It's not. It provides the data for that, yep. which is important. Uh, but they have um, hit quite a critical um, point in scale. So they have a million contributors now to their platform around the world. So it's a million people who can do these jobs, which can be tagging images, you know, is this a car, is this not a car, all sorts of things yep. uh, for different um, algorithms to be optimized. Um, so they have a lot of scale advantages. <laughs> Teaching yeah. computers how uh, to eventually destroy us. Yeah, exactly. And a good pedigree of um, working with high-name clients. They started with Microsoft, did a lot of language translation stuff with them, built a great track record, now Facebook and Google. So it's a reputation plus scale, I'd say. Yeah, that's a, a, a nice answer. That's what it took me too long to sort of cotton on once they started adding to their cus uh, customer base. That's when really, that was yeah. maybe the inflection point that you yeah. might have attracted you. Um, and they made a really great acquisition over the last year, LeapForce, yeah, which was is my, their biggest competitor. So my yeah. question was, I wanted to know not just about LeapForce, but I think there was a, also an acquisition in 2016 um, and LeapForce. I just wanted to know what you think of the acquisition strategy and mm -hmm. is there any risks around that? I think the other one might have been a much smaller language translation related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the LeapForce one was transformative. I don't. Th uh, I think it's a good question though, because it, I don't. It's not part of my strategy for them to be acquiring regularly. Yeah. Um, but I think the LeapForce one was just the, what you'd imagine is a perfect smart acquisition because it was quite a different uh, competency to what Appen had. So Appen had quite a big scale and this good reputation, but they had a lot more labor-intensive process. So that means their margins were a lot higher. Whereas LeapForce probably wasn't as good as going out and and signing up customers, but they had a very efficient operation. There you was mean like the margins were lower? The margins were, uh, well, they're at LeapForce, they automated almost everything. Right. So that they, um, if you apply kind of Appen's business with those, that operation, with the margins them. go up a lot, which gotcha. is what happened this year. Gotcha. So it's kind of like two different skill sets that have been married quite well. Uh, and different customers as well. So they added Google as a customer. Has it been long enough to say that for sure? Or could this just be the honeymoon period as it were yeah it's been almost a full year so i think it's i think it's it's pretty close but you know it's an acquisition there could always be some things down the line but it seems to be going pretty well and the former LeapForce people had stayed on it happened so it seems to be a really good acquisition that's worked out well um yeah and so just wrapping up uh, their guiding for 22 percent ebitda growth that's our ford guidance again for this mm -hmm. year mm -hmm. um and they've uh, they're investing in their engineering team about six million dollars so that's including that kind of extra spend on engineers so, so that's yeah. potential mode building isn't it yeah exactly um you know th this company is still very high risk because or they digging, have a lot of customer concentration <laughs> a lot of their customer you know facebook's still a major customer for them if they walked away that could be disastrous so i've yeah. got to keep that in mind but yeah i feel like you you build a moat and you dig a hole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any engineers out there send us an email do you yeah. dig a moat or do you build a moat well both maybe so, you but know one wait, thing wait, wait, one last question on appen before we move on um do you still think the price is good or oh, has it got ahead question. of itself? Uh, it's a good question. It ran up quite a bit on Monday. I haven't finished my intrinsic value estimate for the company. So, yeah, maybe one to come back on. Um, but it's not unreasonable. So it's about 40 to 50 times earnings, but it's been growing earnings so extremely fast and guiding for 20% growth. So just on that rough number, it doesn't look too crazy for me. Again, if they don't lose any major customer, which I don't yeah, think yeah, One, one thing that um, you reminded me of there when you were talking, we, we're not going to talk about it this week because we're going to try and run through a heap of companies. But Wisetech was another company that had a very, very strong result. 
Um, and pretty much in line with their guidance, they reiterated guidance. In fact, today they increased their guidance a little mm. bit. But shares reacted in a very different way. And I think one of the explanations for that is that WiseTech was a company that just continually like put out this wonderful guidance and then beat it mm. and then beat it. And then so it's, it's this bizarre situation where they actually achieve very, very strong guidance and the market doesn't like it. Do you see that as, I guess this isn't so much a risk, just like the craziness of the market, but is that something that could potentially help knock a bit of that premium off with, with Apple? It could do, yeah. I think for me, you know, like all of us, it's really about whether the underlying thesis is still good, if the business is still going, doing really well, because yeah. I bought quite a bit more Apple when it fell to 12 and then ten dollars during that kind of panic yeah, nice. like that was one that still everything was still very bullish for the business yeah. so that it can give you opportunities obviously it's like the cliche to say yeah. but um yeah for those businesses I'm, I'm less concerned about that risk but it is more of a risk like wise much more richly valued than app and ever sure. was just on a multiple basis yeah, so. yeah all right okay so let's move along claude you're up next um what are you going to talk about what company mnf group i'm going to talk about one that goes down oh okay um just happen. in the interest of balance, it happens to everyone. Yeah, actually, it was only down nine percent today. Just, but of course, the bad news is it's down nine percent on its actual earnings, which mm. is, I guess, a reflection of how the market felt about that. So this was an unexpected uh, result. Uh, well, there were elements of it. Elements of it were expected, but it was worse than expected. Okay. That, that's why the share price went down. I actually thought that um, the fall was pretty modest. I'd actually estimated in my mind, I thought it'd be at least a 15% fall um, based on those results. So uh, let's back up just, just quickly. Um, what do these guys do? Yeah, so these guys, um, actually quite an interesting little business. You don't see that many like this. They've cobbled together a few different business lines in uh, the telecommunications space, in particular voice. Now, the reason that I own very few of the shares now and, and used to own a lot more is because... Their growth uh, engine is uh, is wholesaling uh, voice minutes and connectivity to sort of mobile phones and landlines. So they're a net wholesale network. But particularly focused on um, VOIP, voice over internet protocol. So if you can imagine from Skype, you want to call a mobile or a landline, which you can do, mm. um, they need to have connectivity through someone like MNF Group. And that's also true for any of the other software platforms that allow that you know, whether that be an online conferencing thing or um, a workplace tool or there's just so many of them uh, spreading throughout the world. It's increasingly how people work and communicate with each other. And of course, a lot of that is just connectivity app to app over the internet, but you still need that ability to call numbers. Mm. And that's what um, MNF Group can provide. And that part of their business actually grew very strongly and continues to that, grow. That's strongly. been going great for a long time, right? So, yeah, there's that. And basically, they're increasing the. The reason I love this part of the business is because it could also be like a small new startup telco that needs their services for mobile plans or whatever it is, whether it's an app, whether it's mobile plans. If they're providing these wholesale services to other businesses, those businesses use their capital to grow the business. Sometimes they don't even make money. They don't even make money, but MNF Group does. Actually, it's not just those guys. If I, memory serves me correct, I think the Tasmanian government uses their network. Uh, yeah, as so well. that's another. So it has, as I said, it has several different business right. lines. So I talk about more the bit that I like, which yep. is the wholesaling bit. That's because it grows with other people's capital. Right. The enterprise stuff is good, but that's more big companies and government. 
Um, there's good margins in that, but it's pretty lumpy as it grows. They're forecasting good growth on that. That's probably one of the things I'd worry around because these sort of projects can easily be delayed uh, for one reason or another. Um, so I take the bit of the business that I like is this wholesale part. Mm. There's also retail, which they're trying to have a crack at. They've invested in, they've is actually... Penny so Pennytel's part of it. That's also been losing money up until now and still is losing money. Mm. Um they were a little bit too optimistic in terms of how quickly they thought that would reach break even. So this part of their business isn't firing. The broadband is now losing money as well. So mm. like this retail side is really not doing too well. Mm. And also they've got the global wholesale, which is minutes, mm. which is sort of quite a complicated business that I won't totally get into, but it's not really growth because as you can imagine on a whole full global level, um, there's less voice minutes or well, at least as a percentage of all the communication because so much of it is going online. There's still some... It's not in massive decline, but it's not really massive mm-hmm. growth either. So that really um, surprised the market that it came in less than what the company was forecasting. They are now forecasting that they're going to get a very, very strong second half, which is possible because sure. um, they did an acquisition for which they only benefited one month in the oh, current get, half. So they get a full six months. They get months. a full six months of that. Mm-hmm. So that could help. And that's an acquisition in the good part of their business as well. So high hopes for that. But you sold out. Oh, and I well, just to yeah, finish yeah, that so. thought though. They they actually they they said that, and they also maintain their guidance for the following year because they've actually yeah gone yeah. Out so two putting years. aside that for a second, so I did sell. I tweeted, um, you know, I pretty sold. much on open, like I'm selling most of my MNF group. I sold by by far the majority yep. on to open at four dollars eleven or whatever. This was pretty lucky for me because I basically read and thought of it and basically said, well. I still really like this company and I would definitely buy back shares at a certain price, but at a price of $4.08 was about 20 times the bottom end of their 2020 guidance. Mm, mm. Um, and that's sort of ignoring for a moment the fact that they're now much more indebted than they've been in the past. Right. So to me, you know, that seemed like a reasonable price to sell just because they've now downgraded their guidance. They've missed guidance. They've disappointed um, in terms of their ability to estimate. That might not be their fault. Mm-hmm. It can be a genuine error, but it's hard. Mm. But it just goes to show they could still make that genuine error about what they do in 2020. Mm-hmm. Look, at the end of the day, I would if the if the company bounces back in the way they're going to in the second half, mm. I would potentially consider buying depending on the price. Definitely looking to buy at the right price, but at a price above four dollars, I was happy to. Um, take most of my holding off the table, unfortunately, because I think it's a great company and I'd like to be a buyer again. But I, I can see why you think that. I was just having a quick look while you were talking then. I mean, over the last 10 years, these guys have grown their sales at about 36% per annum. Dividends have grown, it only goes back five years here, but 19% per annum. Like the, the, you know, Rene Sugo is the founder and major shareholder. He's a very good operator. He's delivered exceptional returns. So hopefully this is a bit of a speed bump and not the start of something more permanent. But to your point, you're going to wait and see before you're you're going to dip your toe back in. Yeah, even how they just handled this um, disappointment, they had the old in a, they had in a table for their presentation the old guidance, the new guidance, and the change. They're like absolutely drawing their attention to the fact that it's a guidance downgrade. Very honest people. Um, that's good. It just means that they don't send people on a run around and checking back what were the old numbers. Blah mm. blah blah. Okay. Um, so yeah, and they look on the conference call. One questioner actually thought the free cash flow was, which is a free cash flow, negative free cash flow this half. Mm-hmm. He thought it was better than it actually was. And the CFO corrected him and said, well, actually a uh, free cash flow was worse than that. Yeah, so look, nice it's little... definitely one that I would buy and I think it's investable, but yeah, it was a price issue for me. All right, cool. 
let's uh, crack on. My Andrew, turn. Andrew, yeah. Why don't you uh, share some good news? Um, yeah. So some very good news. Uh, Nanosonics. We've talked about it before on the podcast. These guys do a nano. I just love saying nano nebulant uh, disinfecting because it's it's very cool sounding term. But basically, um, these guys have just delivered stonkingly good growth. Revenue was up thirty six percent. Also, pre tax profit up one hundred ninety. 5%, which was really, really, really strong. Um, <clears throat> so if you go back to that first podcast that we did on, this is a razor and blade model. This is a printer and ink cartridge kind of model. So the installed base that these guys um, have of these, they're, they're a one product company <clears throat> at the moment. That's going to increase um, maybe another 16, 17 months time. But of this one product that they've got, they increased their installed base by a very solid 20%. And even more impressive, there was a close to 60% increase in the consumables, the razors, or the or the uh, printer cartridges. How much was that? Sorry, sixty or fifty nine percent increase yeah, nice. in the consumables. Why that matters? Um, well, one, it's the by far the higher margin stuff. Two, it's the much higher quality revenue because it's it's the recurring in nature. And it's extraordinarily sticky. Three, it's got massive massive pricing power. In fact, one of the things to really watch with these guys is that they've got a they have a distribution agreement with GE. Um, um, which goes into a new phase at the end of this financial year, which means they're going to have much more volume and much more margin on that kind of stuff as well. Um, so, and it's the majority of their earnings already at 60%. So everything was really, really, really strong there. Um, and the market went up um, by a crazy amount. So, you know, before we get too much into the love in here, I'm actually, I'm at a point now where it's as much as I love this company and I've been with it since 90 cents or so, um, and I'm very reluctant to ever sell on it. I'm, I'm finding it hard to wrap my head mm -hmm. around the valuation. It, it's one are of these- Are you tempted to sell? Or you... uh, I am, but I'm, I've also got that Prometicus experience in the back of my head where I'm very mindful- Drink. Drink. <laughs> I'm, I'm very mindful that when um, you have extremely strong, fast growing companies with a, a huge greenfield opportunity, a big competitive lead, a massive ability to- You can be quote unquote too clever and, and too value focused when when these companies can be very exponential in their in their growth rates and it can it, it just it's just very very hard to do so you don't want to overthink it having said that this thing is on a pro rata 15 times sales mm -hmm. which is up there um uh their enterprise value to ebit so for those playing along at home, it's like another way of saying the price earnings ratio is about 100 on their forecast numbers, yeah. making a few assumptions. That's really, really high. Um, and again, we've seen, uh, I'll talk about ProMedicus in a moment, in fact, and, and Appen and all these other ones. Again, you look at those traditional measures and they all look stupid. Yeah, but this is, crazy, this right? is Nanosonics. It's not a software company. It's it does not a hardware. Look, it's company. Razor Plus Blade, which right. we love. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we've mentioned, I think we did cover Nanosonics previously. We did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and you we talked about putting things in the kiln, and we all had chuckles. <laughs> oh, as, right. you, as you do, you put things in your kiln. But so this is well, living in the past. Man. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's step back. What did we actually think of these results? Were they they were actually quite good? The, 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 results the revenue are was up. Put aside the price for one yeah, moment. Yes. The profit was up record yep. half of profit. Yes. The revenue was up record half of revenue. Yes. And we haven't even had the uplift that's coming when they get to have more of their margin from their consumables. 100%. And this business remains debt free and their massive pile of cash grew even larger. And they so got they have free cash flow. Yeah, yeah. And $71 million in cash so, as well. Super solid business. I would class it as close to recession proof as almost as prometic as, you know, very, very, very high quality. Drink. Business. Nothing wrong. Drink. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the business whatsoever. Yeah. But hold on. Um, so look, we've got one hand, the business is 
is good. Mm. Right. So now we've seen this big share price pop. You know, <laughs> we've been used to being at around $3 or even $2.50 for quite some time. Yeah. It's been bumping around and now it's shot up to $4. But one thing I've noticed, which I know I've been going on about for years on Nanosonics, is that um, there's been a bunch of short interest and they've been shorting it around... Dumb stock to short. Like, honestly, yeah. of all uh, the things know, to short. Funny. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, and I quite like shorting things, yeah, but I'm yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Anyway, but the point is, this was between, um, you know, $3 and $2.50. They're kind of shorting. It gets up to 3 above 3 and We never sh- figured out what the short so thesis we, was. Well, we managed to try it. Like, you know, they did some good results. There was the short squeeze. It went from $2.30 to $3.50, then back down under $3 and now again and I've just checked and you know short interest is going down now over the last two months short interest is going down Mm. so these guys are like buying back their shares at higher prices basically they're Uh, not making money on this my heart bleeds for this and now there's yeah Yeah. six percent of them still short and the shares are four dollars so they you know are they going to capitulate or are they just going to hold on and I don't know um, I don't know I'll give you some negatives though Um, the first one is I, I quoted some very strong percentage gains there um, the the half that we're comparing it to was depressed. And the reason it was depressed was this was just prior to the release of their upgraded Trophon 2 product. Okay. So we had the, we had the resellers running down their inventory and right. we had customers okay. delaying orders. Yeah. So when you compare the sales to half year 17, so yeah. two years ago, it's only 12% higher than that. So Ooh. annualized, it's about a 6% growth rate. But that is a high, that's a 6% growth rate on the high water mark. It is, and and I'm and and I'm not taking anything. It's a very st- solid result, but I think it is. It's a little bit spurious when you kind of sort what of about, see this, de- and they make a big song and dance yeah, about. So I agree, hey, though. So it's and, getting ahead of itself, and the and the growth rate is slowing as well. Now there's 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 inevitabilities with that as companies get larger, um, but but this is where it comes back. And I need to move on because we've got a lot of companies to to, to to cover. But this is where I come back to the, the valuation perspective. Claude, uh, as you know, I wrote an article for Ethical Equities. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. It'll go into much more detail than I'll give here but I just as much as I like it as much as I still own it I kind of I really have to squint at that to kind of make sense shall we move on yeah sure all right uh, oh, wait wait that, so are you going to hold on to all of them um, that is my intention because right. I'm thinking yeah. I could, could I could see my... myself selling some nanosonics I could, oh, I could see myself selling potentially anything but it's a great company. You know me. I'm s- I think it's gotten a little head of itself, basically. It has. Like I'm super lethargic when it comes to a lot of these selling, and I think that's actually on a net basis done me very, very well. And I am legitimately holding this because I believe in the year 2029, 10 years from now, it's going to be yeah. you know like the next cochlea. So I don't. I don't want to be too smart with this kind the of stuff. The next cochlea. And there's never there's never it, a risk of me nah, being too smart as well. Let's face it. So, if it turns but, out to be the next cochlear, now you've got bragging rights on that. Hey. Otherwise, we'll come back to this. Yeah, otherwise, let's not talk about <laughs> it. Uh, let's go from nano nebulant sterilizers to um, a different health, kind of dubious health. Claims. A different kind of medical technology <laughs> and panacea. Medical that's a good, a that's a good link, actually, Andrew. This is not medical it's advice. Right. You can pour it on anything. A wound, it'll it's heal immediately. Just, I've heard. Again, not medical advice. <laughs> so that is, is just evil spirits. <laughs> this is vaccinations. Uh, <laughs> this is A2 Milk, a company that I've talked about on this uh, podcast before. You have indeed, sir. Uh, yeah, so it, ha- it had results. Um, they were pretty good. So revenue is up another 41%. Uh, NPAT up 55%. Um, and so the, the shares moved up, I think, about 10% or something on the news, oh, which is quite all? good, oh. um, which was close to a double spiffy pop for me, which hey, is hey, the other is. part of the story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it was an interesting um, result also just like looking back on the past few years. So I first bought this in November 2015, mm-hmm. um, 78 cents New Zealand. At the time, the market cap of the whole company was about $490 million. Wow. 
And in the most recent half year, they did $217 million of operating profit, EBIT, not even EBITDA. Um, and they have $280 million of cash and another $280 million they own in a, a, another listed company, Sinlay. Um, yeah, so it's pretty well, good. Any, so, any way you want to cut it, that, that, that's some pretty <laughs> so pretty much growth. within three for, for years, milk. yeah, three <laughs> yeah, and a half right years, yeah. they've gone. They're, they're almost doing their entire market cap and operating profit. Can I use the crazy. Donald Trump uh, China, China, China again? Here is, <laughs> yeah. is, is that is that no part more, of the... no more no more Trump stuff? <laughs> I figured it out now. Is, Please is, no. I'm is... going to start cutting in like techno music. Is is how, is it, how how much is China huge a, a part huge of part of it? So yeah, so they they're still growing in Australia. They have like eleven percent share of um, milk in Australia, as you've seen probably in the supermarket. Yep. Um, check it out. Buy some if you if you're considering. Um, but yeah, so that's that's fine. But then what really took off was they positioned themselves as a premium brand for infant formula. Uh, which obviously went crazy mm. for um, Chinese uh, mums. They wanted to buy the best uh, brand in Australia and they kind of won the battle. So yeah. today in Australia, um, A2 has about 35% share of all infant formula sold in Australia. That's gone from zero to 35% in so, just three and a half so years. So what's happened to Bellamy's in all this? Um, I should disclose I own Bellamy's and A2 milk. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they ha- they got into their own kind of trouble, I think, around um, their supply um, and um, committing and then stuffing the channel was probably the the big thing. So explain, they had, explain yourself for those that don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So they the had some agreements around uh, supply. So they had take or pay agreements where they had to buy a certain amount, which is great um, because they were growing so fast. Yeah. Uh, and they used that to sell into a reseller, a large amount into one reseller, mm-hmm. who basically took more than they could um, could take and then dumped it and kind of lowered the price, which hurt right. the brand reputation. Right. But at the same and time, it was false sales, really, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's kind of like a one not big, reflective of end user demand. Yeah, yeah, partly. Yeah. yeah, there was still good demand at that point, but they kind of went into one one person who offloaded it all before Singles Day and kind of hurt the brand. And the company just, um, you know, the CEO left a lot of other things. And A2 just kind of sailed straight past during all this. Mm. Um, they've always been investing heavily in marketing as well, uh, and they have that um, their premium brand established in the in the milk, which I think helps them a lot like um you know the, a lot of uh, people in australia are buying that milk it's like the premium brand for milk in australia so it helped add to that brand as well but it, this is the weird thing for me is though because when the shops i go to you have your average milk you have the a2 milk which is you know 50 cents milk. more or something and then you have organic milk which is like a dollar 50 more a dollar more so in my don't, mind don't organic, on organic is the most too. premium one yeah. in the milk we buy in the supermarkets mm. i for one i'm like i'll take Organic over a magical synthetic milk. Um, (laughs) But then, in apparently, so we're told and evidently true in baby formula, A two is ranked above organic. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'd say, I'd say we shouldn't probably think about them as the types too much. Like, it's not like, I don't think all the Chinese mums are thinking about what the A2 protein is doing. They're thinking about what is the premium brand in Australia. So I'd more take, I'd more take, it's magic. I'd more say that it's like the A2 brand is doing better than the Bellamy's organic brand yeah. rather than that whole thing as so much. So you think yeah. it's all just rubbish, really? No, no, I don't think it's magic. I'm, I'm telling you it's guys. It's a lot of fun. Like, no, hey, look, what my, kind of I don't milk, own any. I'm it's curious, like on my what face. kind of milk do you buy, Matt? A2. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Do you think I'm going to put poison in my body? What's <laughs> wrong with you? Again, Jesus not medical Christ. advice. This is in. Oh, I feel sick just uh, thinking about it. Anyway, so I should wrap purposes. up a few other things. So, okay. 
the other big stuff. Um, so China, um, China label sales. So not just the Daigu direct into China yes. was up eighty three percent and was over one hundred and seventy million yeah, yeah, in the yeah. half is that, year. Is that, I haven't looked. Is that a low base phenomenon? Or it's is that pretty like, big. Oh, so one hundred and seventy million out oh, of wow. their six hundred million of total revenue as a company. Oh, so okay. pretty big chunk and yeah. growing eighty three percent. So one right. of the fastest growing right, segments. Right. The other big good news was uh, US where revenue's up 114% off a low base, right. and that's primarily fresh milk. Yep. Um, and they're, um, but they're, ro- they're growing very fast recently. So in June, they had 6,000 stores. In December, they had distribution in 10,000 stores. Oh. And as of end of Jan, 12,400. Afterpay kind of growth. <laughs> it's big growth. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's still milk, and so it's fresh milk as well. Yeah. So it's like harder. There's a, a tougher supply chain. Definitely. But it seems like that's going pretty well. And if that goes well, that could like open the door for another market for infant formula as well. Do you, and again, this not not intended as a leading kind of question but we uh, another company that had a lot of success and profit off the back of chinese demand was blackmores mm. and we won't have time to get into that today but that really fell flat on its yeah. face this reporting season and we know that consumers in general are, are yeah. fickle and like the chinese are no different on that yeah. front is there a risk or i guess it is a risk but what how do you think about that if 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 consumer tastes perceptions change yeah is that is that an instant sell or is or how do you think about it yeah it's a very big it's definitely a big risk um they're not trading that ex, that expensive now they're on about 36 times earnings if you just double the current half's earnings right um, which isn't too crazy it sounds high um, in a lot of ways but relative yeah. to the growth is yeah 50 percent revenue yeah, proper to, it's not menasonic's kind yeah. of uh, type <laughs> um, i just checked in on blackmore's they also just had a ceo resignation apparently yeah blackmore's oh, has had a really bad that was today yeah. yeah yeah blackmore's not going well um yeah, so A2 really reinvested in the brand consistently. They've always, each half, they're always giving kind of something negative in their guidance, like we're going to spend more on marketing. Yeah. And the, the just kind of the prevalence of the mother and baby store sales they're doing there, I think is good. But it is, Chinese consumers are even more faddish, from what I understand, than yeah. Western consumers. So it could all change in future, for sure. And you just have to try and keep your... Um, what is it? Ear to the ground and, the ground. Yeah, and right. see what's going on. But I it's just going glass or I, yeah. hope, is it? I hope that goat formula is the next one. I you like goat. that too. Imagine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's like I, a devil's milk. Sh- Wasn't the goat associated with the devil? I told you <laughs> no. not to mess with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bad goat. Juju. I think the goat is apparently more similar to humans than cows. Which the, there's is, a rabbit I'm not hole sure there. You are tempting me so much, Mr. Walker. We've got to move on. We've got to. We have to move on. And it's your turn again, Claude. You won't. You weren't too happy with my net phone, but I believe there's reason for celebration with Webjet. Yes, that's some good news for me, especially since I um, talked it up the other day on just, the podcast. Just prior, hope, you, you, you should abide. Well that. done, sir. I, by just before... I, have a, I was speaking to a result. friend today and apparently um, the reception to my Webjet pitch, pitch was not um, unanimous support and agreement, which... Surprise! Uh, hate, haters gonna hate. Surprise! Gonna hate, man. I have yeah. to say, you guys did actually get me second guessing it as well. So, um, I was a bit. Oh, we're the haters. I guess what I'm trying <laughs> to say. <laughs> right? what trying to say. You, asked too many <laughs> you did too well. You unconvinced people. Oh, I'm not. So, well, hey, we're not trying to pump you, man. It's just a yeah, balanced view is what the three wise monkeys try to. Bring. Goes without saying. Three. Although I don't know if like balance out on the limb is always. Are we are we balanced well, or are we out on the limb? There are certain companies where there's there's definitely no balance. I think we're elegantly jumping from limb to limb. Anyway, so it turned out with Webjet because I got lucky and the thesis held true. Well, what was nice about it was it wasn't just that it, it 
you know, the shares went up. Like, And by the way, this is a 20% gain on the day. Not This isn't a small penny stock. This is a billion dollar company yes. that did this. But what was interesting it. about it that, that I, I, um, I, I'll give you absolute kudos for, it was the absolute, it was the wholesale division, which Inflection was the Cordial thesis. I copied, see, it, all comes, did, so it always well, well comes done, back so. to the wisest of the monkeys though, because <laughs> I copied his... Like Matt, did I say that today? Matt, no, <laughs> oh, come Matt. on. You're not fooling anybody. You're the best looking, apparently. I heard <laughs> that last week. I'm hey. the youngest. Hey. Um, so anyway, what the wisest of the monkeys taught me <laughs> was to look for inflection points. And I thought I spotted one on that uh, the business to business side of things. Yeah. And indeed, it was true. It went from something like 5 million bit to the 30 or whatever. So, it's like, this just came online, baby. Here we go. Very well done. Wait, uh, wait, wait. I need to tell the story. Okay. So, then... In the beginning. (laughs) um, Basically, the market responded to that. And their whole presentation, like, they knew what the good news was, right? There was like, the first slides were all B2B. Like, it used to be back in the day when I was like following this for years. Business to business. It used to be the Webjack brand would be first and look yeah. at this great business. It goes up and up. Oh, a subtle difference. Now, business to business is Number the first one. thing on the slide. Mm. This is what we're going to talk about. And Sorry. sure enough, if you look at the B to C, it's actually down, not versus the prior corresponding period, but versus the previous one. Now, the immediately previous period. Yeah. The, 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 and we, we touched on this in, in the podcast itself though, but do you see that as the... in in you know, inevitable ups and downs of a cyclically exposed kind of business? Quite possibly, or is but we talked more... about how I wasn't a fan of the cyclical... I don't like pro I do like a bit of pro cool for like a dabble. And I like them of... when they're going up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I like them when they're going up, but I prefer stuff that's not pro because yeah. also I'm emotional young monkey and like... I don't enjoy a roller coaster. Yeah. I like just a sweet ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. so um, basically, that worries me. And I'm actually very strongly considering basically packing my bags and saying, great, my little thesis is good. It was right. I'll sell. Now, the but question is... if you is, are, I'm going to challenge you on that. If you are right, and this is like, what, what, what were you saying? The second largest player in this field, in a global market, in a market which is still transitioning more and more online, where there's still a massive amount of, of market share to grab. Would that not suggest that there is much, much, much more upside, yeah, potentially so in five, well, 10 years' is, time? If you look at some of Matt's other inflection point plays, like some of them obviously don't work out. Um, but Edit that out. Let's talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to at some point. But the point is that... Um, a lot of them, they keep on doing strong growth for more than one half yep. afterwards. You know, I'm one, I feel like I'm one half into this inflection point growth mm. of the business to business. Is it too early to say, great, you know, yeah. better sell now? Because even if there's further weakness in the bus- business to consumer side of things, which look, honestly, there may well be. Yeah. And even if that it's does... going to be dwarfed by... This point, is it yeah. possible that once again this will be overlooked because the business to business side is stronger. Mm. So it's, I'm really on the fence about this one at the moment. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I may do nothing. Right. Uh, I guess we better move on 34 minutes in here. Um, I'm going to round it off with, unless did you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, I think that's, I, the, I guess the one thing is also, I've always wanted to have Webjet, at least some Webjet shares in my portfolio. Cause I just think it's an, an interesting Australian business that's managed to expand overseas. And I'm always a fan when, they actually succeed overseas and a lot of the companies we own have that in common. Ultimately, that begins to de-risk them over time, well, which that, is great to see. That is a lovely lovely um, opening for a, a nice segue here because uh, um, Prometicus drink, 
um, has uh, its results out Yeehaw. recently as well. And let's not labour the point here because you know we've we've spoken about this ad nauseum. But very very quickly, we had to update on it because they did have the results. Exposure. We out. all own shares. We all own shares in Prometicus. Sales are up fifty nine percent from the previous corresponding period. All jurisdictions jurisdictions doing incredibly well. Strong double digit growth. Bit of um. Uh, I won't go into the into the weeds too much here. There was some uh, some tax uh, sorry accounting changes. Um, uh, deferred tax adjustment changes. But even when you sort of normalize for all of that and Prometics was very good in sort of, you know, making that very clear, we saw an 80% jump in underlying net profit, which which is really, really great. Um, they saw, what, what's key for me here is we saw their margins expand from 48%, I think in the preceding half to 52% here with Sam Hubert, the um, CEO, basically saying, yeah, I think we can do more than that as well, um, which I think they can because they are scaling this business incredibly well. Uh, still debt-free, $24 million in cash. Here's a sign of their shareholder friendliness. Um, they issued a, a lovely dividend, but then they uh, um, added another two and a half cents special dividend, um, probably because, well, they're just gushing cash. and they got I think it was to appease this guy from the AGM. Well, yeah, right. And it, well, and also because we know that these franking credit changes are going to um, come into, or potentially going to come into effect. And so it's a really nice way to sort of say, hey, we've got this big franking balance. We're going to return it to our shareholders, which is really nice. So I think that was really, really great. Um, what's what's encouraging here as well, the pipeline is is very, very, very strong. They've um, We know they get excellent win rates here, but they've had the largest number of leads that they've ever had. One of, again, just to sort of cut to the chase here, when we talk to sort of people within our circle, um, a lot of people that we a lot of we tend to respect a lot, a very natural criticism is similar to my criticism with Nanasonics at the moment. Yeah, you can't fault the results, but it looks pretty. It looks it looks you know pretty fully priced. Um, I actually increased my valuation to uh, a bit over thirteen dollars. So I, I think you don't have to be too ambitious with this to actually make it look make a great deal of sense so it's not it's not unreasonable to expect these guys to sort of grow that top line 35 odd percent or so for the next few years given the margins that they're achieving um you know and given what a typical market multiple would be for such a strong company experiencing experiencing such strong growth i think it's actually not an unreasonable assumption so despite nice. ridiculous pe's and the rest of it i think that this one is is much more sanely priced but but certainly the, not cheap why it's, did the shares go down well initially they went up and then I, they came back down yeah i i, I don't know because i that. think it's because like all the broker research even the ethical equities write-up was like what did we what did i say i said i think there'll be a better opportunity to buy uh, almost without and broker a research is coming out saying yeah it's a great company but sell but yeah. just because on based on price yeah, yeah. okay which yeah. you can understand oh, and i'm totally. sure there are funds out there that are like yeah this is a pretty big position now and mm. also on 100 pe or whatever i think it is it's interesting above, to, or lower than that but around that not to be too critical but i mean so many of these people who are putting this notes and research out there they're just in a different game to us and the private investors that are listening where they are they are operating on very different time frames and you know laziness is not something that is typically seen as a good thing even though we know that longer term it tends to be something that is very well rewarded maybe patience well, is a yeah. better word than I laziness but anyway it, I, I, I frankly if this thing dropped back to $10 I, I would see that even though that would hurt my portfolio a lot on paper I would yeah. welcome that with open I could, arms I could see myself buying around then because I actually bought some around a little under ten dollars, I think. Yeah, we both did. I yeah. Think. yeah, and um, but then I, I then I sold like a little bit around thirteen as well. Like it's still my massive biggest position. Like, 
yeah. you know, over 30%, I believe, at this time. Yeah. Um, you broke your resolution. I did. I did really <laughs> like quickly. like two weeks up. I know, but it went up like 30% on nothing. And I was like, oh, come on. Oh, no, no, no. We, we this did is a, a really Year's, big position. We did a New Year's Eve episode and Claude said, my New Year's resolution is to never sell ProMedicus <laughs> two weeks later. I'm selling some ProMedicus. <laughs> I, I will, I was a small It's longer amount. than that. It's like February, right? Okay. That's longer than the average well, New Year's well, resolution. My New Year's resolution was I'm going to be a much more decisive seller and yet I held on to catapults and continued. It ran up into results and I'm like, the market is pricing in just incredible results. And it's all, I was going into the results and it, the company's doing great. Management is doing great. Like it seems like not just management, but the it, the whole group that forms the company seem to be doing a great job. Yeah. However, the price that the share market is saying is like, you guys are just incredible. You, you can never make a mistake. Everything will be perfect. And I'm like, oh, I feel yeah. a little nervous. This is this is the thing, you know. It's like you can actually do really badly on a phenomenal company if you if you just completely ignore valuation. So that that therein lies. The also, challenge. some people completely ignore valuation and do really well. As that's well. that's true too. That <laughs> that's also not is what true. we're trying to do. Just no. to be clear. Wow, that was six companies, guys, and we yeah, that was came good. in around forty it's minutes. Good. So I think that's I think everyone's a little bit surprised by that. Um, shall we put a pin in it? Yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks to all those that left some um, ratings and reviews. We did a call out for that a couple of weeks ago. Really we got a lot of a lot of five star ratings, which oh, is really nice. Awesome. Yep. Um, thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a few reviews as well, so a couple here that I'd read. Um, oh, good. JNF17 said, absolutely love it. Three great and insightful personalities, which I thought was a bit, bit That's much. That's a bit maybe. ambitious. Yeah. Maybe um, two tops. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you want to do this in ASMR, man? Like- <laughs> uh, we, had, we had another one, though, that I quite like because we haven't mentioned this on this podcast. From Alabella Netball Love, the title of the review was Analysis Is, and the review for us was Better Than Catapult. Hey, <laughs> so there you go. Got to yeah, no, a few few nice reviews and a lot of five star ratings, which was really good. That was you, and that's it? another drink as well. That's another drink. Yeah, no. That's so thanks it. very like, much. Ride really in good. with um, the right companies, and then you'll get to drink at the end when we read them out. And again, just so it's not too inside baseball, there's a long running inside joke here that we just continually talk about Pneumaticus uh, and catapult. So it's it's now become a drink. But we're going to not just do it for a few weeks, right? We've had results now. Prometicus and catapult. Like, right guys <laughs> no promises yeah alright alright so, guys thank you so much for your time thank you listeners as well uh, we're the three wise monkeys and have a wonderful day wherever you are wherever you are have a great day and we'll be back next week thanks for listening